Hey, and welcome to episode four of the Teachable Podcast. As I said before in episode three, I was hoping to get out more of these, but school seems to be getting in the way of my productivity. I'm taking the Master of Arts in Learning and Technology through Royal Roads University, and to say that my mind is being blown is just a bit of an understatement. There's just so much information coming in and so much that is just opening my eyes and my mind to that it is completely changing my practice. I was hoping to document the whole journey along in just a series of podcasts, but things have been a little hectic. Kids have started back in school. I've got three kids. They've all are playing sports right now. My sons are playing hockey. My daughter's playing soccer. I've got a four-year-old girl, a six-year-old son, and a 15-year-old son. So we're a bit of a chauffeur service these days. Which is to say that I've been a bit busy with schoolwork between my full-time job of teaching as well as my master's, which sometimes feels like it's becoming a full-time job, but that's all a good thing. I wanted to get a quick episode out, though, because I've just had something that uh, occurred recently in my class, and it was just a bit of a philosophical shift for me. I have been teaching the electrical trades now for nine years, over nine years now, which blows my mind. I... Before this, never had a job probably longer than four years, and here I am at nine, and I was pretty good at it, or I am pretty good at it. I love my students. I had everything dialed in. I had I use Evernote, so I've got all my lesson plans and everything kind of locked into Evernote. I have lesson plans dialed down to the exact day, and worksheets that get handed out, and videos that I show, and lectures that I give, so I could just show up on any given day, just call up my lesson plan for the day, and be good to go. Now, one thing that is kind of coming clear to me is I was not getting as fulfilled in teaching lately as I normally would. Now, that is not to say that I am just kind of phoning it in because I'm not. I enjoy my students and every class has their own personality. And with that comes its own challenges. So it's not like it's just been completely boring. But I noticed that the flames or the passion weren't as bright as they had been before. So one thing that I've kind of been doing a lot of is reading obviously, through my schooling. And I've been meeting up with some friends, some other professional teachers as well. And we've been discussing some of the things we do to have our class become more engaged. Well, a couple weeks ago, I'd say about a month ago, one of my colleagues was telling us about a time where he, as an exercise just to see what would happen, had his groups or had his class break up into groups for a quiz. Now, normally quizzes are done individually, And you have those who do well on tests, do well on quizzes, and those who don't do well on tests, don't do well on quizzes. And this could get into a whole philosophical discussion about the purposes of assessment and how we assess. But what what this gentleman discussed was he was talking about how he noticed that. He noticed there were students of his that were great, great tradespeople, but not necessarily the greatest when it came to taking tests. And then we started talking about how in the real world, when they were out in the field as Doing their applying their trade, if they ran into an issue, the number one thing they would do is discuss this with their coworkers or with their journey people or with their foreman and come to a resolution. So what he proposed doing was to get his groups, his class, sorry, into groups of four and give them the quiz and they could all work through it together. And what he had happen was just mind-blowing. He said he'd never seen such engagement that the students who would normally be quiet and uh, not kind of reach out. We're locking in and getting information that the students were teaching the students. And as any of us who are in the teaching trade know, that the best way to learn something is to teach it. So these were guys were all just getting completely engaged. And at the end of the exercise, they went through the answers. 
And obviously, everybody did well. But again, we're not here to make sure that we have some students hit a curve and some do well and some not. We're here to make sure that all of them learn. Well, at the end, he surveyed them and asked them if there was value in what he did there. And it was an overwhelming yes, that there had been a lot of value. Lots of students totally picked up on things that they'd never picked up on before. And that they, they had he actually had to um, kind of time it out because they were just continuing on talking about it. And it was not just talking about, you know, what was going on with the football game or uh, hockey game or here in Canada, but they were actually engaging with the content. So I found it's, that was super inspiring. And I've kind of been playing around with trying to, you know, change up my, my practice. And that's kind of where my title comes from. If it ain't broke, break it. Because I have had my class running like a top now for, I've been teaching it for so long that I, I have it running like a top. It's all dialed in. Nothing was broken. I could just walk in and do it. And so I started thinking, that's not necessarily a good thing. It doesn't challenge me. It doesn't make me think outside the box. It doesn't challenge my students necessarily, except for the information that they're getting. And it kind of pushes me into an area where I am just almost the sage on the stage mentality, which I detest and don't think that that's a great way to be teaching. So what I did was this past week was I discussed with my students that we would be having a quiz coming up this Friday. And of course, they're all not, they're all freaking out about it. And I mentioned to them that we would be breaking into groups of four, as well as I mentioned to them that there would be three different facets of the quiz. There would be a hands-on practical part where I would get them, I'm an electrician, I teach electrical, so they would be wiring stuff up. There would be a lab portion where they would have to prove to me the use of meters. So they will have to measure voltage and measure current. And then there'll be a written portion of the quiz. I made sure that I broke them into groups and that they were all, I had the strong students with the weaker students and kind of a mixture of the middle. And away we went. So I tried this out on Friday. And to say that my mind was blown on this was, it was unbelievable the engagement that these guys had. In fact, I underestimated the time it would take for the shop portion. I figured it would take them probably half the day, roughly around three hours to complete the project. It took most of the class the full day to do it, which is completely fine. I mean, this is the thing. I'm trying something absolutely brand new. And um, so there's going to be hiccups along the way. But you know what? They rolled with it and I rolled with it. I didn't put a specific time and tell them that they had to have it done by noon. I just said that I wanted it done and I wanted it done right. And I told them that I was going to be hands-off, that they had to come up with drawings on their own. They had to figure out their circuits on their own, that by this point in the game, as a group, they should be able to wire this. And to be fair, it was a fairly easy wiring situation. I just had four different rooms that each group had to wire, and they had to wire up a light and a switch and then have it switch for another light switch from three different locations. So for these guys, it's for electricians, it's pretty easy. But for these guys who've only been wiring for about three weeks now, it was a bit of a challenge. Well, to, I walked around kind of engaging with them as they were working through the project. And they were seeing that just talking to each other and, you know, working through the drawings and debating and finally coming to consensus. And then when they got to the wiring aspect and wiring portion of it, just to see them all working together as a team, it was unbelievable. They finished. I let them go at around 1.30 at the end of the day there because it's a Friday and I had some marking and stuff like that I had to do. And almost every single one of them asked when the next quiz was going to be because they had so much fun with that one and they were just blown away by it. So there's that. So the next question that I will probably get is, how did I assess all this? And here's the joy of it. 
I don't assess this. What I have done, and this part gets me giddy, is I made a Google form. And the Google form was a peer slash self-assessment form. So at the end of this, when they finish their quiz, which they will be finishing up tomorrow, being Monday, they will log in to a Google form. And in that form, they will assess themselves and they will assess the other three members of their team. So, and I have it just as check marks, like, um, I wish I had it up in front of me, but it was like contributed greatly, contributed sort of, didn't contribute at all, contributed poorly. So there'd be a check mark for each one of those. And then a quick fill in the, the blank, uh, some feedback. And so they, at the end of the day, were all wondering if they could get to the assessment or start working on their assessment forms over the weekend. I said no, only because I wanted them to finish up the rest of it. But to see these guys excited about assessment and the fact that they will be assessing each other is great. As well as the wiring portion, normally what I would do is I've got a checklist and I would go through the wiring and point out what was wrong and what was right. What I will be doing on Monday, and I'll let you know in the next podcast how that worked out, is I have them take the checklist and move to the group beside them, and they are the ones that will assess. And they will be pointing out the things that they can find wrong and the things that could be worked on. So it's not just me pointing out things. They're actually having to actively look at some other's work to see what the issues were. And again, these guys were blown away that this is how they're being assessed. They were excited about it. And to see a class, if any teacher knows, to see a class excited about taking a quiz or a test is unbelievable. So for me to say that this was a success is an understatement. This is something that I'm going to try to incorporate more and more because I I just find that I don't want to be the one that is just dumping information into these students. I want these students to create their own learning and to take part in this, like to construct as a constructivist. That's kind of where I, I stand on this to construct their own meaning from the information or from the work that they're doing, whether it is in practical, hands-on, or theory. And I believe that these students can all do that and work with each other on it. We're no longer in the age where rote learning is important and memorization is important. To be honest, we've got our phones, our computer phones, as my brother calls them. So they have access to Google. They have access to everything that they could possibly want. Why are we making these students memorize things when what we should be focusing on is problem solving and analysis and, and just trying to figure out how to learn and create this meaning from things. So it's, again, this is just something that I've been fooling around with and thinking a lot about. And I love the fact that I am playing with my practice now a lot more than I was. And that's in no small part to reading pe- by people or reading books and reading articles by people like Jesse Stommel, Sean Michael Morris, and others. And it's just opening my mind and it's allowing me to see that there's a huge sandbox for us to play in as educators. Yes, we have responsibility to make sure that our curriculum is being followed. Yes, we have to make sure that our learning outcomes are being followed. But at the same time, we have to make sure that our students are learning how to learn and learning how to look things up on their own and learning to look for things on their own without us always showing them where they're going wrong or showing them where to go. Um, So yeah, that's kind of where I'm leading on with that. I just wanted to get out a quick one. I know this is probably going to be a a quick, short podcast, and I'm okay with that. Maybe if I just kind of dial them back with quick five-minute podcasts, I'll get more out. I enjoy podcasting, so why not? So there you have it. If it ain't broke, break it. I had a good practice going, and what did I do? I completely turned it on its side and tried something fresh, and it has got me extremely excited. All right, guys, that's all I've got for today. 
Have a great week, and hopefully we'll talk to you sooner than the three-month increments that I've been going with this podcast. Uh, Like I said, if you're out there, take a look at your practice. If it's going good, mess with it.